0: Well, good morning, and so glad that you are here. Looking forward to worshiping today with you. If you're a guest, thank you so much for being here. We'd love to connect with you. We can do that in one of two ways. There should be a card in the pew back in front of you, and just simply fill that card out, and at the end of service, as we take up our offering, as we leave, then you'll have the opportunity to leave that there. You can leave it in the pew either way. However you prefer is fine. Uh, Or you can go to our website in person, or if you've joined us online today, you can go to our website, sbcr.org, And there's a button that says "I'm new," and click that button and fill that information out. And it's a way for us to know who's worshiping with us today, how we might be able to serve you, and so forth. I want to make you aware of a couple things that are happening in the life of our church. Uh, First of all, today, immediately following our worship service this morning, I am holding a uh, interest meeting for anybody interested in going to Ghana, Africa uh, this summer. Uh, You know that I went last summer and. And uh, looking forward to going again and so immediately following our service uh, toward kind of the other end if you'll excuse my pointing and toward the other end of the building in our reception hall uh, we'll have a meeting I hope to 15 20 minutes at the most really just kind of get you some basic information Uh, get an idea of who is potentially interested I know there's a lot of questions even with that and so if you think you may be remotely interested or, or whatever the case may be, just would like to know more information, you're welcome to attend that meeting. I'd encourage you to stay around for that. Um, if for whatever reason you just can't make it today, stay afterward, please let me know as soon as possible so that I can give you some more details and we can start making preparations uh, for those that plan on or would like to go this summer. So... Uh, also tonight, uh, 5 o'clock, we're having meeting. Uh, we're going to uh, meet in the fellowship hall. I'm going to speak just for a little bit, and then we're going to divide up in some of our ministry teams and allow you to begin to meet and talk about some things uh, and, and be able to do some planning and, and uh, just some organization with that. So um, we send out emails and, and try to make people aware that are on those teams, and so hopefully you've made plans to be with us tonight. And then also, uh, Wednesday morning at 9.30 is our monthly Bible study with the pastor. I'm walking through, um, chapter by chapter, um, the book of Revelation. And so it, it begins at 9.30 in the reception hall, and um, anybody is welcome to come and be a part of that. Uh, make sure you pay attention to those emails and also the uh, the weekly worship guide that we... Um, place out front in some of the other areas of our church that have just some events that are coming up, some things that are happening in the life and ministry of our church. Um, not only is it obviously a great way to remind you of things that are happening, but also it's a great way to know how to pray for our church, uh, know that these things are coming and, and be, uh, be prayerful about those uh, specific events or activities. So let me lead us in a worship prayer, uh, in a time of worship, there's uh, time of prayer and then we will worship. I'm struggling this morning, so let me pray for us, all right? Lord, you're good and gracious and kind, and we thank you for today. Uh, we thank you for how you love and care for us. Um, God, I pray that we would worship you in spirit and in truth today. Um, God, teach us from your word. Um, God, I, I pray that you'd help us to, uh, to block out all the distractions and all the busyness of life for the next few moments, uh, and that we may honor you. Um, through our singing through our time of study and uh, lord just pray for uh, this time that you spirit of god would be here present and at work and we pray this in jesus name Amen.
1: amen
2: we just stand as we sing to god be the glory You may be seated.
0: Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. For those on earth, those above the earth, Knows under the earth. Jesus is Lord. Luke said in Acts, no other name is given among men whereby we must be saved than at the name of Jesus. Well, don't you want to be a Jesus church? Daddy, don't you want to be a Jesus daddy and a Jesus husband? Ladies, don't you want to be a Jesus wife and a Jesus mama? You want to be a Jesus daughter and a Jesus son? Work for Jesus, serve Jesus, glorify Jesus in all that we do. And I pray that we meet today. I think we got a small glimpse of it a moment ago, that no matter what happens today, nothing would grieve my heart more if we leave this place and somebody would say, man, Chris was good today. We leave this place and go, man, our worship team was good today. That was incredible, but man, I pray. They leave here today We go, man, if nothing else happened, we met with Jesus today. And he was glorified and he was exalted. If you have your Bible, would you turn to the book of Nehemiah? Nehemiah chapter 11. And I hope for your sake that maybe you Packed your protein bar today because we're going Nehemiah chapter 11 and chapter 12 today. So, hallelujah, right? We're going to try to take two chapters in one day. And uh, some of you fired up about that, I can tell. <laughs> I'm told by the shrinkage in your shoulders, right? <laughs> um, now, we're, we are going to look... Um, chapter 11 and chapter 12 today and I want to preach to you a message that I've titled return with worship return with worship and we're going to end our time today with another time of where we sing and we're going to get to that and I'm going to give some instruction with that but um, we're going to look at chapter 11 and chapter 12 and so Uh, If you found your place, will you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God? And I'm not going to attempt to read both chapters to you this morning. We'll read a a, a big chunk of our text today at various times. But uh, I'm going to begin with chapter 11 and read verses 1 and 2, and then we'll pray. Nehemiah chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city. And nine tenths were to dwell in other cities. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. Let me pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. God, I pray that you would work in this place. I pray, God, maybe as a church, even individuals here, God, that there would be a breakthrough this morning. God, set us free of anger, of depression, anxiety, a sense of being overwhelmed, bitterness, God, whatever it may be. God, I pray that the name of Jesus, that you, Lord Jesus, would break through strongholds. And that, God, there would be perfect liberty here. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Give me every word to say, nothing more and nothing less. I pray in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you. So I want to preach to you this message of returning to worship. Now let me give you a brief synopsis in case you weren't able to be here the last few weeks or have missed part of this. Uh, uh, Nehemiah, the, the, the holy city, has been in ruins. The people of God have been in exile, and so they had started to come back to Jerusalem and, and, and to the country, and, and God was restoring some things. He had sent Ezra uh, a little bit ahead of him to sort of get a head start in some ways, but now Nehemiah is um, um, has come back to the city. Has led the the people to begin to rebuild the wall, and and, and they have rebuilt the wall and, and and made all these preparations. And then, man, the the word of God was brought back out, and it was read, and so there was some um, um, some restorative things that happened because they're getting back right with the Lord. They're getting back to. Uh, uh, being obedient to the things of God, and, and, uh, and there are just some incredible things that are happening and taking place among the people of God here. And so now what Nehemiah and, and the other leaders are going, now they're ready to dedicate uh, the wall, and they're ready to uh, set things in order for the temple, so that men some more they, they can continue to make progress, and they can get back to being the people of God, worshiping the one true God, the way that God had established for them. And so, uh, that's really what we're looking at today. And so, it's this return to worship. And then the main idea, if you're taking notes, is, is this: is God deserves our worship in every aspect of our lives. God deserves our worship in every aspect of our lives. And so the question is this, is do you worship the Lord in every part of your life? Is every part of your life an act of worship? Because no matter whether in the workforce, and in your daily life, the life in your home, the life at school, whatever it may be, you and I were created to worship the one true God. And you and I have breath in our lungs that as a result of our living, as a result of our existence, that not only myself but others may worship the Lord because I serve Him, because I honor Him. that That's the way that we are created. That was the purpose. For our, that is the purpose for our existence. And so do you worship the Lord in every part of your life? And we're going to look at three significant truths from chapter 11 and chapter 12, and it certainly is not exhaustive, but I think there are three significant truths to take away from our text this morning. So number one, worship with your everyday life. Worship the Lord with every day of your life. Let's go back to what we read just a moment ago in chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. And really this section where this truth comes from begins in chapter 11, verse 1, and it goes all the way to chapter 12 and verse 26. Because what we have is, well, let's look at this, I'll make further comment about the remainder of our section. Uh, Verse 1, now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine tenths were to dwell in other cities, so you have Jerusalem, which is the significant city of the country and, and If you remember when they came out of Egypt and they were given this land, the promised land, that the land was divided by the twelve tribes, right You had two and a half across the Jordan, and then you had ten and a half the the tribe of Manasseh was divided in half, but uh, you had the tribes that were allotted their certain amount of land in specific regions so they could build cities and establish their tribe and so on and so forth. And so within the country, you had the ten and a half tribes, but you had Jerusalem, which was the major hub, the major city, because that's where the temple was, that's where God was to be worshipped, so on and so forth, Okay. So then because of the children uh, of God's disobedience they were cast out most of them had to leave all the land they were in exile uh, for a very long time hundreds of years and now they're coming back and so there's this repopulation that is needing to take place. We talked about that Jerusalem the walls were broken down the temple was in shambles it was just a rough place. God led Nehemiah led Ezra back to begin the work led Nehemiah back built the wall And so now what's needing to happen is that they have to, they have this wall so that they can protect it, but the walls not going to do much good if there's nobody inside the city to help uh, fight off any war that may come any armies that may come see because if, if there were to be an army that were to come into the country and try to overtake it they're going after the cities that have walls around them because that's where all the life and activity takes place they're not going to just attack uh, one small house out here one small village out here but rather they're going after the most significant cities and in this country in this in In the land of Israel, it is Jerusalem. And so now the wall has been built. God is at work. They're doing some things and there needs to be this repopulation. But for that to happen, they need people to live within Jerusalem. Now think about this. For somebody to live and exist in Jerusalem, the way that people survived, the way that they depended on money and all that kind of thing, is they would have farmland, work the farmland, or have herds, whatever the case is. If you live in Jerusalem, you're not going to own that much land. If you do own land, it is outside the city, and you're dependent on somebody else to work that. So living within the city, number one, it comes at a financial cost. It comes at a sacrifice financially. The second thing is, what did we just talk about, the safety and security of the country? A lot of it depends on the protection of Jerusalem. And at this time, there's not a lot of people living there, and so they're having to figure this thing out, and so now they got to go around and they're having essentially a draft of who's going to live within that. And so you're not only sacrificed financially, but you're making a significant sacrifice potentially for safety. Because you know, if there is an invasion, they are coming after Jerusalem. And so what do the leaders do? They have a good old-fashioned draw straws. <laughs> and the ones with the shortest straws, congratulations, come on down to The Price is Right, and you get to stay at Jerusalem. Then you get to sacrifice what wealth you might be able to build. And oh, by the way you're enlisted in the military because it's all hands on deck if we get attacked. And then you go on to verse 2. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. And so there seems to be a contingency that drew straws and some got the short straw and they were voluntold to... Here you go, you're going to live in Jerusalem. Obviously, you also had a contingency that, that stepped up and volunteered. I said, I'll do it. I'll take the sacrifice. I'll lay down my life and potentially in the, the future for my family in a lot of ways to live at Jerusalem that Jerusalem might have a chance to be protected and kept safe and our worship can continue and we continue to serve the Lord because Jerusalem is important and it matters. More importantly, because the Lord matters. And worship of Him matters. And so then what happens? As you begin reading in, in verse 3, all the way to chapter 12 and verse 26, you have a lot of names And to be honest with you, if you read through those, uh, if you're fairly well-versed in your Bible, there's a few names that jump out to you, but most of them are forefathers of some of the individuals that stayed, somebody like Asaph, who we connect with the Psalms, but for the vast majority, as you read through those, they are fairly insignificant names. They are names that we stumble through pronouncing, or they are names that go, man, I Never heard of that person before. Never read their name before. And so for the most part, for us in our day and time, we look at this and it is a list of insignificant names that God used to help repopulate and protect the city of Jerusalem. So that the other nine tenths. The people in Jerusalem could come and worship the Lord. Sacrifice to the Lord. Keep their covenant unto the Lord. And so friend, I just want to mention to you a couple things. First of all, worship the Lord with your everyday life. Here it is. I mean, you know... Who knows, there may be some of these that were, man, they were fired up. They were excited to maybe do some big grand activity. Maybe they wanted to be Nehemiah who was called uh, 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 from an excellent position of leadership and come and help lead and building the wall and so on. And maybe it's some of these individuals that had grand scheme. Maybe they, they could have been Ezra, all those sorts of things. But there were individuals here that God used in an incredible way because they simply gave up their everyday life. They gave up what might have been their dream to own land or to own herds or to to have a mega crop and, and so on and so forth to go and live within the city so that it was repopulated and protected. And friend, can I just tell you this morning, I realize there's a lot of notoriety in a lot of ways by what I do because I stand behind the pulpit and and, and have a, a title on a business card or on an email or whatever the case is. But friend, I'm just telling you that God is at work in the, in and amongst the local church. God is at work among Second Baptists and it has nothing to do with me or who I am or anybody who stands on this platform, but it's because there. Have been list after list at what the world would say insignificant people serving in what some might say an insignificant place, and it's happening even right now as services happen. We have individuals who are serving in our nursery, that are faithful weekend and week out. People that are serving our children in children's church right now. We have people serving in the balcony and, and audio and visual and, and 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 just on Wednesday nights and people serving in the kitchen. We have individuals who serve uh, uh, when, when there's f- funerals that take place in, in the life of our church. There are individuals, many of you stay around and you help clean up when we have a meal together and you stand over the sink and you wash dishes and I'm just telling you friend that I I realize that oftentimes your name is not listed somewhere, but I need you to know this that your service unto the Lord Jesus matters. It matters. And here we have this. If we have nothing else, we read this and go, man, there is a laundry list of names that I can't pronounce and I have no idea what their total significance was. But if in their insignificance, they mattered to the kingdom. And what fascinates me right now is thinking about the history of Second Baptist Church and how many people have sat in a rocking chair holding, watching, just loving babies that they have come through our doors, that have probably sat and quoted Scripture and saying, Jesus loves me. And for the most part, most of the world would look and go, that is completely insignificant. Insignificant. But those of you that have had babies or do have babies that are there right now would argue that is anything but insignificant. There are people who hold doors open week in and week out so that somebody might see a smiling face after a long, hard week. Somebody who barely drug themselves to church because of a hard week. And you just said hello and good morning. We're glad you're here. And it's been going on for decades. And I just think about that activity, that quote, insignificance is happening all across our country right now, all across the world right now. And friend, I just want to encourage you. Worship the Lord with every day of your life. I know it. if the Lord tarries and the sun comes up tomorrow, it'll be doggone Monday. We're going, I don't want to go to class on Monday. I don't want to go to work on Monday. I don't want to go to the doctor on Monday. But I just wonder, Many of you faithfully serve the Lord every day because you know this Jesus. There is a peace that is unthinkable. There is a joy that's unspeakable about your life. And you might just walk into work or walk into class or walk into the doctor's office or whatever the case may be, and you just exhibit the fruits of the Spirit because you walk with the Lord Jesus and you honor Him. If you were to read down further in eleven six, 6 uh, verse 6 of chapter 11 it would call these men valiant men in verse 14 it would say one of the great men these individuals that stayed back and they were willing to live within a city that really wasn't all that pleasing this was not the hopping place to be. Remember, it had been in ruins and, and, and it was in distress. It was not a, a, a pretty place to be. This was not the vacation place. This was not the place to buy a, a, a Verbo and have there because it, people weren't coming. It wasn't the place. But they were willing to sacrifice and be there. And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 challenges us as New New Testament believers. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Friend, I just came to challenge you this morning. Every day of your life, worship the Lord Jesus. We often think about those that serve him most faithfully, those that are uh, that are most faithful in their service or make the largest sacrifice. And we often think about missionaries or pastors or whatever the case is. But friend, I'm telling you, those that are most faithful tend to be, mean, as you read Jesus, who does he highlight? He highlights what the world would call or deem the insignificant people of the world. But friend, you too be found faithful with your hand at the plow, serving the Lord Jesus wherever he's called called you. And you and I ring out with Isaiah. Isaiah 6 also I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us? He said here I am, send me. Friend, I hope you view today when you walk out those doors as a missionary to a lost and dying world. Because Jesus has the same call Today the same command today of who will go for us and, and we as New Testament believers, those of us that have surrendered our heart and life to Jesus, we have unequivocally said, here I am, send me. And when we leave today, we have been sent. We have been commissioned. And so, worship the Lord with your everyday life. Number two, worship the Lord with your mouth. Worship the Lord with your mouth. Look at verse 27. Now, the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. So, they, they've decided, they've figured out who's going to stay there. And now they're fixing to have a major dedication of the wall. They sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness. Listen to this both with thanksgiving and singing, with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the countryside around Jerusalem, from the villages of the Nephathites, and from the house of Gilgal, and from the fields of Geban, and Asmaveth, and the singers had built themselves villages all around Jerusalem. The priests and Levites purified themselves, and purified the people, the gates and the wall. So I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall, and appointed two large thanksgiving choirs, one went to the right hand on the wall toward the refuse gate, and after them Hoshiah and all half of the leaders of Judah. And so they go up, and these leaders go up, and... and uh, man, he's called everybody together. So we know who's going to stay here, but man, we've gathered everybody together. We're getting everybody in the city because God has answered our prayer. God has done a great work and rebuilt this wall. And the entire purpose of this is to worship the Lord and sing unto the Lord and give God thanks for what He has done. And what has He done? He is Nehemiah has assembled two choirs. Amen. Amen. All right, fired up. He's assembled two choirs. And he's gone up. And what's fascinating is where he goes up and where he starts is, if you remember, as we look back, if you remember back to chapter one and into chapter two, when Nehemiah gets there and he goes out in the city, uh, he goes out to check out the wall. If you remember, he goes up on part and he can only make it just a little ways. And then he had to start working his way down. He had to figure out different ways to go. You know what happens? He goes back to the same starting point, and if we keep reading, he takes two choirs up, one choir goes this way, one choir goes that way, and they meet at the temple, and you know what it is? It's going, man, let me tell you what God has done. We are walking on the wall that was rebuilt. We have started a place, we couldn't even get around it. We couldn't walk all the way around, but here we are. We are celebrating what God has done. And do You remember Tobiah and some of the other naysayers showed up and they they laughed at him, said that work is insignificant. Even some of the leaders said, we're too, too good to be doing that. But what Nehemiah is doing, he is taking the choir of thanksgiving and marching them around the wall and meeting at the temple and putting his stake in the ground and saying, let me tell you what God has done. Let me declare to you who God is and that there's nothing too insignificant when serving the Lord Jesus. That is what he's doing. And he walks through this, and he sends them around. And so, verse 37, here it is, by the fountain gate in front of them. They went up the stairs, there it is, the city of David on the stairwell, uh, stairway of the wall, and be, beyond the house of David as far as the water gate eastward. The other Thanksgiving choir went the opposite way. And I was behind them with half of the people on the wall, going past the tower, the ovens, as far as the broad wall. And he continues on, look down at verse 40. So the two thanksgiving choirs stood in the house of God. They met at the temple. Likewise, I and half the half of the rulers with me. Down to verse forty-three. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. And so, what has happened, man? People have worshipped the Lord with their lives. Go, man! I'm willing to lay my life down, my everyday life. I'm giving it to the Lord Jesus. People sacrificed to stay in the city. He's called everybody together. He's gotten these choirs together. He's gotten everybody in the city. They have demonstrated the faithfulness of the Lord. They have met at the temple. And now they're doing what they've come to do. They didn't just show up at the temple and say, hey, it would be a good idea for us to offer sacrifice and go home. It would be a good day for us to be thanks, thankful and, and go home. But rather, they actually did what they came to do. They sacrificed and they offered to the Lord Jesus. And they are worshiping the Lord and they are singing unto the Lord Jesus. And they are glorifying God in His faithfulness. Now, continue on and look back at verse 43. Also that day they offered uh, great sacrifices and rejoiced. Now I want you to notice this last phrase. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. When I read this this week, I'll be honest with you, I got in a shouting fit um, Thursday morning, just, man, preparing, getting ready when I read this. As a matter of fact, we changed the end of our service because of how God ministered to my heart through this, and I hope he will you as well. They gather together, they offer sacrifice, rejoice. And then this is what it says, For God has made them rejoice with great joy. When I read that, you know what God reminded me of? If I'm honest and transparent with you, and, and probably shouldn't admit this as a pastor, there are some days I walk in here and man, my soul has been set afire. And I need no prompting. I need nobody and nothing. I mean, I'm ready to just worship the Lord. I am grateful for what He's done. I am thankful. My heart is set ablaze. But if I'm honest with you, there are some days that I walk in here that, man, I'm not quite as fired up. I'm not quite as excited. I'm not quite as thankful. I mean, I'm, I'm just probably flat footed, not ready you know what the Lord has taught me through some years like that and through some times like that, is that there are times, and now let me say this, I'm about to talk a lot about worship and singing as if they're synonymous, but let me say this, all singing should be worship, but not all worship is singing, okay? We, we worship the Lord, I just talked about worshiping the Lord every day of your life. I believe they worship the Lord because they, were, they agreed to dwell in Jerusalem, okay? But here it is, there's some days I come in, man, I'm just not ready, but this is what I found. There are some days that I just need to sing and worship the Lord because He's good and not because I feel like it. Let me say that again for some of you, the rest of you that are maybe awake now. There are some days I need to sing and worship the Lord because God is true. He is worthy of worship and not just because I feel like it. If you only worship the Lord, if you only sing when it's comfortable and it's good for you, you ain't worshiping the Lord, you're worshiping yourself. Because here's the reality. There is one name given among men whereby we must be saved. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that He is... Lord, when you came in this morning, God has been good to you, whether you recognize it or not. God has been faithful to you this morning. I wish somebody would say amen. God has been gracious, abundant, loving toward you, whether you realize it or not this morning. God gave you breath in your lungs. God woke you up. God has provided you. God has met your needs. God has gone over and above for you and for me. And, dear friend, he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our praise. And so, when I read this, I was reminded. I don't know if you've ever done this, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but even in the times of tragedy, in the times of real heartache, there have been times I hadn't felt like singing. There have been times I haven't felt like worshiping the Lord. There have been times I haven't felt like being a part. But there have been times when God has been gracious to me and I've just been tried to be faithful and sing and worship the Lord. And you know what happens more often than not? God gives me grace to get over myself and before I know it, man, I've got joy and I'm rejoicing and I'm grateful and I, man, I'm just so overwhelmed by His goodness. Man, I hope you've experienced that. I hope you've encountered that. Where what has happened, listen again what it says. I want you to think about that. It says that God made them rejoice with great joy. Has God ever made you rejoice? Even when you didn't want to? Even when you didn't feel like it? But man, you just faithful declare. Why why sing? Man, I don't know. God uses that. God honors that. Yes, we know the the verses of God. Uh, uh, Man, He loves a a melody in our heart. And man, He loves a joyful noise of, of His creation singing unto Him. God uses that. God honors that. And God deserves our singing unto Him. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm likely the worst singer in the room. And so it has nothing to do with ability. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But friend, can I just challenge you? There are some days you're going to come in here and we're going to gather as a church family and you're going to look at that bulletin and every song on that, that list for the day, man, just makes your heart tingle. It just gives you the warm ooey gooeys. Man, those are my favorites. I'm fired up. And you sing at the top of your lungs. And then there are some days you look at it and go, Mmm. Again. Mmm. Let me give you something. This is free. I'll even come down here. When you look at that list and you go, hmm, let me tell you what to do. You can't tell me what to do. Well, I'm fitting to, alright? Sing. Worship the Lord. If your worship of God is based on a style or format or something I know or something I don't know, if your worship is based on new or old, you are not worshiping the one true God. Because this is what I know, is that what we are going to sing by the grace and mercy of God is going to be biblical, it is going to be true, and it is going to declare the characteristics and the goodness of God. And friend, I can tell you this, there are times that we sing songs that I don't particularly love, that are not my favorite But this is what I know, in all of them there is truth. And man, I'm not going to let the rocks cry out on my behalf. I'm going to sing unto the Lord. And this is what happened when they got together. They're dedicating this wall, and they come together, and they meet at the temple. And man, there's no record of any bickering, of going, we're really going to sing that on the day of dedicating the wall? That's really what you're going to pick? No, they're just looking at the faithfulness of God and going, He is worthy! He is worthy. And that's what happens. And some of them sing till they got happy. And friend, there's some of us this morning, we just need to sing until God makes us rejoice. Psalm 100 verse 1 and 2 says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. I had a uh, Brother Ronnie encouraged me one time. I was singing. He said, son, it, made, it said, made a joyful noise, not a terrible racket. Um, didn't get in my way any. I just kept on, bless his heart. Number three, worship the Lord with your wallet. You thought I'd done moved on from getting in trouble, didn't you? Worship the Lord with your everyday life. Worship the Lord with your mouth. Worship the Lord with your wallet. Look at verses 44 through 47. And at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouses for the offerings, the first fruits, and the tithes. To gather into them the fields of the cities, the portions specified by the law for the priests and Levites. For Judah rejoiced over the priests and Levites who ministered. Both the singers and the gatekeepers kept the charge of their God and the charge of the purification according to the common uh, command of David and Solomon his son. From the days of David and Asaph of old, where the, there were chiefs of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. In the days of Zerubbabel, in the days of Nehemiah, all Israel, look at this, gave the portions for the singers and the gatekeepers, a portion for each day. They also consecrated holy things for the Levites, and the Levites consecrated them for the children of Aaron. Friend, they worshiped the Lord with every day. Go, man, there's some going, man, I lay down my life and, and chance to build a future for my kids or whatever it is. I'm gonna stay in the city. I'm I'm gonna make sure it's populated and protected. Then they gather everybody together, man. They're, they're all gathered up, the choirs, everything there, and then they are singing, they are worshiping the Lord. But then it came time to give to the temple. And what's happening is, is that the people have gathered, they're working on the, the distribution of the people, they're dedicating the wall, and then they're setting up to make provisions for the temple so that they can worship the Lord in the way that God has called them to. And I realize this is a few weeks in a row in which we have touched on money or uh, giving or whatever the case is. And friend, I'll just tell you this. Uh, I'm as uncomfortable as you are about it. Some of you don't believe that. Uh, But the reality is, this is what the text deals with. And this is where chapter 12 ends. Is going, look, it took financial resources. It took people giving. It took all of the people faithful in their giving to give unto the Lord so that they can worship and sacrifice in the way that God had called them. Now, I'm going to just make a quick few comments here and then we're going to begin to wrap up. But let me say this. No matter where you want to land in terms of whether you should tithe, should tithe or not. I told you last week, we talked about this last week, that someone, want to you know, make a case that you no know, tithe in the New Testament, et cetera. And we talked about that. If the Old Testament, the Old Covenant believers were under an <clears throat> expectation, they were going to give a t- tenth. And there was a command of the Lord to be obedient and to give a tenth then how much more should a New Testament believer be faithful in their giving? I realize we got to be careful about legalism, but friend, I'll tell you, most of us are not in danger of legalism about our giving. We're more in danger of robbing the Lord of our giving. And we talked about that it's all His. He just entrusts some of it to us. And so, 2 Corinthians 9, let me read this passage. 9, 6 through 15. And let this... Let this be the lens in which you lay over your finances. Let this be the the glass which you lay down and view your finances through. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God provides and meets your needs. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you're so blessed for the purpose to be able to bless others. God has blessed you in the way that he has, provided you in the way that he has, so that you can give and you can be faithful. He goes on, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. You ought to give in a way that worships him, that says, thank you, Lord while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know what Paul finishes the foundation with? Saying, hey, you've given away," that says I'm thankful that God has given his son Jesus. So I would just ask you, and your giving, is it worshipful? Is it in such a way of not how much, what's the minimum? What, what can I get by with? And God's not mad at me. God's not angry with me. How, what's the minimum I can do and still do okay? But rather, let me tell you this, friend. You and I should give in such a way that demonstrates I'm thankful for Jesus and the sacrifice that God made His Son Jesus on my behalf. And listen, I one of the reasons we put the offering at the end of our service like we have is because the purpose and the idea is, is that our heart is tuned, Lord willing. Our heart is ready. We've worshiped, we've sung through worship, we've studied the Word of God, we have a time of response, our heart is clean and conscience is clear. And as we leave, we are having one final act during our service of worship, and that's giving. And now listen, there's a lot of ways to give. You can give through envelope, you can give through the plate, you can give online. The Lord is, as long as you do it in a worshipful way, that's fine. But friend, I'm just telling you, we need to worship the Lord with our everyday life, with our mouth, and with our wallet. Now, we're going to have a time of invitation, and we're going to have a few moments of just opportunity to respond. And it may be that the Lord has challenged you, go, man, worship me with the everyday life. Maybe the Lord's challenged you that there's been days I've not been ready and I just need to sing unto the Lord. There may be days in your car you just need to turn, whatever worship music you like, whatever form it is, or in your house and you just need to sing unto the Lord until the Lord makes you rejoice. And It may be that God's dealing with your heart about your giving or lack of giving. I would tell you, take the next few moments and focus on however it is that God has stirred your heart this morning through this message. Spend time praying. Spend time asking Him to help you. Spend time confessing if you need to. And it may be that you need salvation this morning. Friend, I'll tell you this. You can't do any of this until you surrender your heart and life to Jesus. And you do that by praying, God, forgive me, be the boss of my life. And give everything to Him. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. We thank you for your goodness and grace, and I pray this morning, if there's anybody lost that doesn't know you, God, would you save them? Give them grace to call out on you for salvation. Lord, I pray for those of us maybe need to deal with whatever you're stirring our heart to this morning, however you spoke to us this morning, I pray, God, we'd be obedient to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. You remain in the attitude of prayer. We're just going to take the next couple moments, and maybe you want to come kneel at the front, and maybe you're just going to pray right there. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you. You come. I'd love to pray with you. God dealt with your heart this morning. You respond in obedience to him. You just take a moment. I do something a little different this morning. Um, and here's what I want to do. Um, and again, I man, the Lord just really challenged my heart. About the Lord made them rejoice. I'm not the Lord and I can't make you do anything. Hallelujah. All right. Um, but here's what we're going to do is um, Al Ray and, 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 and team are going to lead us in singing um, a melody, a a combination, if you will, of how great is our God and how great thou art. Okay. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. Um, I don't care what posture you take. I don't care if you stay seated. I don't care if you want to stand. I don't care if you want to kneel. I don't care if you want to come kneel at the front. This is what I want to challenge you to do. I want us to put into practice what we just read from the scripture. And there's some of you, man, your heart is bursting and you're ready to sing. You're ready to worship the Lord. And there's some of you going, man, the last thing I want to do is be forced to sing anything. And this is what I just want you to take a moment. Just, just even now, you begin reflecting on the goodness of God in your life. Not the goodness of God in my life, not the goodness of God in, in somebody else. But I want you to begin thinking about now that when God saved you. I want you to think about the times when you didn't know how you are going to pay the bills and, and God was faithful. I want you to think about the times when you didn't know, how you're going to make it another day, and somebody came and prayed for you, somebody stopped and said hi to you, somebody checked on you. Man, I want you to think just a moment about the goodness of God in your life. And here's what I would simply tell you in the next few moments. I pray that every person in this room will sing, not because you feel like it, but because God is great, and He is worthy of our praise. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I want you to stand, sit, kneel, come, whatever it is. And you in your own moment, get in your own little bubble. And you worship the Lord God. Not because you feel like it, but because he's worthy. And I'm going to challenge you to sing. And sing out loud, not for the person next to you, not for somebody in front of you, not out of fear, somebody may hear you, but sing because he's worthy. Let me pray. Jesus, you're good. And thank you for today. God, thank you for how you love and care for us. And I pray in this few moments, God, that you would help me. God, just, just in a moment, to declare that you are good and you're great. And God, I pray that in this moment you would be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name.
1: The splendor
2: of the king.
0: I hope you leave today because God has made you rejoice. And I hope you leave today realizing you have been sent and you're answering the call, here am I, send me. There's an opportunity to give as we leave today. And don't forget that I am having an interest meeting. For anybody interested in going to Africa, uh, just make your way down the hall and uh, it's in the reception hall there. So as soon as this is over, I'm headed that way. If you'll come join me, hopefully 15 to 20 minutes, let me pray. Lord, you are gracious and kind and merciful. God, thank you, thank you that you are a great God. And you are the one true God, the one worthy, worthy to be praised. And I pray we would leave here today as if we'd been sent, because we have been. God, pray you bless the tithes and offerings. Help us to be faithful in our giving. Help us to worship you through our giving. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.